0: For this season, I'm selecting one of the passages from the lectionary to preach from. Uh, The lectionary is a Bible reading plan designed for churches to use during their worship services. And I'd like today to to speak from 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 9, 1 Peter 1 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you've not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, 1 Peter is a letter that was written to Christians who were facing hardship and facing lots of suffering. In fact, uh, Peter, the author of uh, this book, mentions suffering at least 15 different times in this letter. He uses eight different Greek words to describe it. So that's the theme of this book. This is a book about how to face difficulties, how to face fear, uncertainty, suffering, how to face these things as a Christian. And in the passage we're looking at today, the Apostle Peter tells those of us who've placed our faith in Jesus Christ, he tells us that no matter how hard things get, we have hope. Verse 3, he says, we have been born again to a living hope. Now, when he says this phrase, living hope, I think what he means is that, guys, in Christ Christ, we have a hope that cannot and will not die. It just, it's, our hope is sure, it is certain, it will never let us down. We have a living hope. Now, why is this? Well, for, for those who've come to place their faith in Christ, there are three things about our suffering, our, our, the hardship that we face, three things about suffering that for us, these things are always true. And the first is this, for, for the believer in Christ, all suffering is, is limited. And by limited, what I mean is um, hardship and difficulties and heartbreak and sorrow, these things can only touch our lives if God allows it. See, suffering, suffering for the Christian cannot go one inch beyond the limit that's been set for it by God. In verse five, the apostle says this. He says, by God's power, We are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. He says, we are being guarded. And the word here, guarded, was a word that was often used in military context. It meant to be kept safe, to be carefully watched. It meant to be protected by a shield. And Peter is saying here that God has placed a shield around the life of every one of His children. Uh, he, a shield around this, and he's saying that all the powers on earth, all the forces of hell, cannot cannot break through that shield to bring harm to God's children. Listen, unless God permits it, it, it reminds me of um, the story of Job. I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with with Job. If you are, you know, you know the devil really did a number on Job, right? But brought lots and lots of suffering into his life. But if you remember the, the book of Job, remember. Satan was not able to go ever go beyond the limit that was set for him by God. So God said uh, to to Satan, all right, you want to bring suffering to Job, you you can you can mess with his stuff, but you cannot touch his body. And and, and Satan could mess with his stuff, but he couldn't touch his body. And then, then God said, okay, you you can you can mess with his health, but you cannot take his life. And and remember, Satan could touch his health, but he could Try as he might, he could not take Job's life. So in that very difficult story of Job, the limits of suffering were always, always set by God. And guys, the Bible says that's how it is with us. First Corinthians 10 verse 13 says this. Do you know this verse? It says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted, or you could translate that tested. He will not let you be tested beyond what you can bear. So for for the Christian, Um, All suffering is limited. God will only let it go so far. By God's power, we are being guarded, Peter says, through faith. By by the way, aren't you glad that, aren't you glad Peter doesn't say, we are being guarded through obedience? You know, as long as you obey the Lord and you don't make any bad choices, you don't make any wrong decisions in life, as as long as you you never stray from God's perfect plan for your life, uh, as long as you're obedient, you're being guarded by the Lord. Aren't you glad Peter didn't say that? I mean, what what, what hope would we have? That, that, but that's not what he says. He doesn't say you're being guarded through obedience. He says, You're guarded through faith. Through faith. So let me ask you, do you have do you have faith in God? Do you have faith in Christ? Listen, if if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, by definition, you do. What are Christians? Christians are people who've who've placed their faith in Christ. So listen, Christian, you are being guarded. Even if you've made mistakes, even if, you've, if you've, you've made wrong choices, even if you've strayed where you're not supposed to be, the shield of, of God's protection is constantly, there is a shield around your life, y- if you will, a line drawn by the Father around you. And all, listen, all the evil in the world cannot step one inch beyond that line. Reminds me of that the uh, words to that old hymn. Do you know this hymn? It goes like this, one stanza, "...when through the deep waters I call thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow, for I will be with thee, thy troubles to bless, and sanctify to thee, thy deepest distress." That's, that is God's promise to his people. For, so for the believer in Christ, why do, we, why do we always have hope, no matter what, because we know this. First, we know that for the, for the believer in Christ, all suffering is limited, right? Second thing Peter tells us is is that for the believer in Christ, all suffering is temporary. In verse 6, he says this, In in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. So he he is saying that for the Christian, for the, the one who trusts in Christ, our trials, he says, they only last a little while. Now, what, what did Peter mean by a little while? That, you know, this will all be over in five minutes, this will all be done in two days. No, that's not what he means. Listen, you know this. They, they, there are Christians There are Christians who have had to deal with a physical disability or, or with chronic pain for their entire lives. There are Christians who've, who've had to face a, a very difficult or unrewarding marriage for, for 30, 40, 40. 50 years there 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 are christians in fact there are millions of christians like this in the world right now christians who are born in poverty who live in poverty and who die in bone crushing poverty their situation never changes right so how can the the apostle say our trials are just for a little while i'll, I'll tell you why i can say this and I, I hope this doesn't sound insensitive i don't think he means it this way He says that our trials, even if they last our whole life, he's he's there a little while. Because, listen, compared compared to eternity, 80 years of pain, 80 years of sorrow, it's it's just a little while. Through through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, verse 4, the apostle says, There is an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Uh, imperishable means it lasts forever, right? Undefiled means it is perfect in every way. Unfading means you you will never get bored with it. The, the, Peter says there's an inheritance like this kept in heaven for you. You see, when, when Jesus Christ rose from the dead that first Easter morning, when he rose from the dead, he inaugurated a new Age, or what the Bible sometimes called the age to come. This new age, it began with Christ's resurrection. It will reach its fulfillment when He returns. The dead in Christ will rise. The heavens and the earth will be made new. All evil will be judged and, and Jesus will reign forever. And Revelation 21 verse four says this. When that, when that moment comes, it says, He will wipe every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain or ambulance sirens, right? For the old order of things will pass away. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. He says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen? Why? For because what is seen is temporary. What is unseen, is eternal. So why do we have hope? No matter what. Well, here's why. For the believer, listen. For the believer in Christ, all suffering is limited. All suffering is temporary. Then one more thing. For for the believer in Christ, all suffering is purposeful. God, God has a purpose for it. God uses it. To, toward his good uh, purpose in our life. Verse 6 again says, P- Peter says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. He, he's, he's saying that the, the trials that God allows into our lives are, are trials that God considers to be necessary. Someone might say, well, ne- necessary for what? Necessary to punish us? No, listen, listen to me. If you've placed your faith in Christ... If, Have you you placed your faith in Christ? Listen, if you you haven't, God is inviting you to do that today. If if, if you've placed your faith in Christ, you're trusting him as, as the one who will make you right with God, make things connect you with the Father, bring you forgiveness. If you've trusted Christ that way, listen, all the punishment for all your sin has already been poured out onto Jesus on the cross. You you know, quite simply, there's no more wrath from God left for you at all. Jesus took it all. So God does not bring suffering into his children's life to punish us. All right. so, okay, Then, then in what sense are our trials necessary? Well, Peter says they are necessary in the same sense that fire is necessary to purify gold. You know, impurities are not removed from gold by you know, scrubbing it with a, with a washcloth. No, impurities, impurities are removed from gold by fire. It's, it's burned. The impurities are burned out of it. And, and, and Peter says the same thing with us. He says these, these grievous trials, these, these difficult times, they come into our life. Why? Verse 7, so that the tested genuineness of, of your faith, more precious than gold, that, that perishes though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, he's saying that God will use pain and loneliness and heartbreak and loss. He will use these painful moments to just kind of burn the impurities from our faith until, guys, until our faith shines like pure gold. I wonder if you've ever met a Christian who had that kind of faith, that kind of their, their faith just sparkled. You know, there's something about their 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 relationship with God that was just so compelling, so attractive. If you've ever met someone like that and you ask them how how did you get this kind of faith, how did you get this kind of relationship with God? Listen, if you ask someone like that how they got this way, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, they'll they'll talk about some the, the most painful. Uh, season of their life. They'll say, it's, you know, it's when I went through my divorce, it's when I learned to pray, or it's when, it's when my mom died, I was so broken, or it, it's it, when our son was diagnosed with, with schizophrenia, we didn't, we didn't know what to do, and, and God met us, or it's when I lost my job, or my business failed. Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, if you, if you meet a Christian whose faith sparkles, and you ask them how they got that way, they'll tell you it happened through pain. The, uh, the reformer, Martin Luther, once wrote an essay on how to be a great theologian. And he said, if you want to be a great theologian, you really want to know and understand God, he said you need three things. He wrote in Latin. He said, here's what you need, oratio, meditatio, and tentatio. And what that means is, he says, you want to be a great theologian, first, you have to pray a lot, second, you have to read the Bible a lot, and third, tentatio, he says, you have to suffer. You will never really know God until you suffer. So suffering, suffering is what causes our faith to shine uh, like gold. Now, someone might say, "Well, if the, if that's the case, if that's what it takes to get you know faith like gold, I would be content to have faith like silver <laughs> or or you know faith like bronze. I really don't want to have to suffer in my life. Why? Why should I care? Why does it matter to me if my faith shines like gold?" Well, look at verse seven. Here's what Peter says, he says, the tested genuineness of your faith, in other words, after your faith has gone through the fire of difficulty and it's, it's begun to sparkle, he says, the tested genuineness of your faith will be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation or the coming of Jesus Christ. Now when he says praise and glory and honor he's not he's not talking about the your praise for Jesus no the, the scholars tell us that the grammar here is it's not talking about our praise for Jesus this is talking about God's praise for you when 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 Christ comes back and you stand before the father what, what listen isn't this something what God will praise us for on judgment day according to this passage it's not that, you know, the number of souls we led to Jesus or the way we produced that perfect Christian family or all the wonderful Bible studies that we led in church or, you know, the impact for, for Christ that we had in our professional careers. No. What, this verse is saying that what God will really praise us for on Judgment Day is the way we endured suffering and we kept our eyes on Jesus. He'll praise us for, for, for the genuineness of our faith that has been produced as, by the, the purification of trials. So this, this is why Christians always have hope, a living hope, a hope that will not die. According to the great, His great mercy, God has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, no matter what happens. We have this confidence. All our suffering, it's limited. God sets the limits, right? It's temporary. It, it will not, it, this is not eternal, right? And it's purposeful. God will use it for his glory. And as it says in, in verse 8, though, though we do not now see Jesus, he has not come back yet. All of these promises are not yet fulfilled. Though we do not now see Jesus, we believe in him. and we rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, for we are obtaining the outcome of our faith, the salvation of our souls. Would you pray with me right now? Father, I pray for anyone listening to me right now who is right now going through a time of heartbreak or disappointment or fear or pain or sorrow. I I pray, God, that if, if... that their faith in Christ will just be held firm through this. If they've never met Christ, I pray that this would be the moment when they come to meet Him and trust Him like they never have before. And for those who already know Christ, would you give them this great assurance that you are with them in the fire, that you won't let it go beyond the line that you've already drawn, that, that, uh, that, 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 that this will not last forever, that you will use this for your glory. Fill us, would you, Lord, fill us, with the living hope that you've given us through the resurrection of Christ. In his name, amen.